and then understanding whether their perspective is shared and whether the push to get solutions in place comes from above them or whether that originates within their own group and it's something that's of a pet, some sort of pet project or something that they just wanna solve because they'd like to get better in this space. Um, so that you can understand holistically, like what is the, what is the driving force to the pursuit of change within this organization? And a lot of times you can get the information from the person that you're talking to. And if they don't know it, then they move you up or they give you the insight to go and track, you know, sort of track down that information. But without it, um, it's very difficult to have a holistic solution within an organization that has big problems um, that they're trying to solve. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us for Demo Diaries. Today I'm joined by DeJuan Brown. DeJuan, how are you? Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. I really appreciate the, the time and thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, I know it's Friday and I know you're going to be going on PTO, so I won't take up too much of your time. We can <laughs> leave with you being on the show and hopefully we can uh, push push the content out there and get a bunch of folks to follow you and maybe uh, check out your uh, your product. So uh, Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. For sure. Why don't you take a quick second to introduce yourself, tell folks a little bit about your career journey and how'd mm -hmm. you get into tech sales? Yeah, yeah, that's a, I appreciate that. That's a, that's a, it's a long journey. I've been in, in sales generally or officially, I should say, for about 20 years. Uh, I started at a, a company that a lot of people probably know and love, uh, Intuit, mm -hmm. back in 2002. Uh, and so I, I stumbled into sales at the bequest of a good friend of mine who was just like, you got to get in, you got to get in. And so I'm, I'm, I'm an accidental seller. Um, although my father was in sales since I was two years old. So I do have it in my background and, and perhaps it's, it's hereditary, right, to some degree. Um, but over the, over the years, I've, I've served uh, many different industries uh, from HR to tax and accounting to legal to now sales and marketing and a lot in between. Uh, and, and tech sales became, really came on my radar uh, not even that long ago, uh, but I uprooted my family here in Virginia, wife, five kids, we flew to Silicon Valley where I took my first enterprise SaaS role at a company called Branch, and I'm forever thankful for that, mm -hmm. for introducing me to the tech space, uh, official tech SaaS space, right? Because mm -hmm. Intuit is technology in general. Uh, but I, I consider myself to be an early, early, early adopter of all things tech, and so uh, it just felt like a perfect marriage for me and tech sales, and so I still, I'm still here. Awesome. Well, let's talk a little bit about this freaking crazy year um, yes. as a sales rep, you know, knocking on doors using Zoom now, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. selling to the enterprise. Anything that stood out that really stood out around learnings that uh, maybe folks out there who are listening, who are still in this new world and, mm -hmm. you know, who knows if this is going to ever change, uh, can adopt and, and maybe use to close more deals. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I hope so. This has been a really trying, I'm sure, for, for not just myself and others, but, you know, the, the, the world in general, but specifically in sales, it's been a trying time to be making a transition. I mean, a mandatory transition, if you will, from the face-to-face -face that we are accustomed to, um, to this virtual world of selling. And I think two challenges specifically have been uh, prevalent and, 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 and still need to be addressed um, by both sellers, sales leadership, and by buyers, right? And so the one 
that I think that I've learned a lot about, especially since um, you know being here at Seismic, a lot of that is this sort of blending or, or, or conflation of what marketing and sales jobs are, right? What, what are the primary- The schmarketing, uh, I hear. That's right, yeah, yeah, schmarketing. Yeah. Because, right, there's been, there's, there's, there's this blending where before revenue moments for sellers happened in face-to-face interactions and dialogue with their clients and customers and prospects. Uh, and then everything social and email blasts and all of these things lived with marketing. Um, but because we're in a place now where our, our buyers are uh, increasingly online, increasingly looking to investigate and learn about new technologies, new thought leadership in the specific spaces that we serve in, uh, there's a need for sellers to be where their buyers are. And so you starting now to see sellers realize that you have to be in these social spaces. Um, no matter what part of the buyer journey your buyers are in, like you need to be providing uh, good content for them to learn if they're in the investigative space, become aware of problems that maybe they don't know they have, uh, and then help to lead them through the buyer journey through the content that you provide. So like this social selling, quote unquote, really, you know, I, I look at it as mostly, you know, social education and just social discovery that you enable buyers to take with you along sort of leading that journey is extremely important. And I think that's one of the learnings that we, that we have. Um, the other learning is that, you know, I think about 84% or so of buyers say that the experience that they have during their buying process is as important as the thing that they're buying, the solution, the service, or product that they're buying. Yet only 20-something percent of them say that they had a stellar experience their last go, right? And so we know now that there, there's a need to close the gap on buyer experience. And now that gap has to be closed virtually. And so that kind of feeds into the first learning. But I think those are two things that organizations and sellers are really, really starting to grapple with. Uh, and those that do it really well will, will start to see some success. Yeah, that, that asynchronous strategy, right? And so yeah. tools like Seismic become requirements these days That's as right. opposed to like, you know, stuff that we were testing before. Like, so That's right. in many ways, it accelerated all our, all our industries. Uh, it did. You know, yeah. it sucks that there was so much suffering and all that, so... We got to yeah. pay pay homage to that, but if there is a silver lining that for some, you know, some folks, it's it's probably that. You know, if you were to think about some tips you've been selling to the enterprise now for a long time, and mm-hmm. I know at at Intuit you were selling financial uh, products, right? And right. you, were, I think you were there twelve years or so, something like that. Yeah, I was there 12, 12 and a half years. Yeah, twelve sure. and a half years, and so yeah. yeah, I'd consider you an expert there. If you were to think of some uh, some you know, sort of strategies you, you used and when you figured out when to sell a solution versus mm-hmm. a product. So I know at Seismic, if you go to the website, you know, you'll see solutions and then you'll see products. Right. You know, how do you know, oh, I'm going to lead with this solution versus, oh, I'm going to lead with this product. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Particularly to the enterprise, right? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Um, you know, one of, one of the ways that I think about that, that, that whole paradigm, right, product versus solution is, especially in an enterprise global space, if you're doing, doing strategic selling, like um, almost everything that's done in the context of that sales cycle, in the context of that discussion, has to be in service of the organizational objectives, right? So, the, so one of the differences is, is you know, if, if I think about the time that I had it into it, especially my early years at Intuit, it was just 
I'm a tax preparer. Let's just as an example, one of my one of my clients, right? I'm a tax preparer. I prepare taxes for other businesses. I need a solution. I need a product that helps me to do that quickly and accurately. That is a product focused sale from the beginning because there's a, a specific need. If that need is met well, according to a couple criteria, in, in, in the mind of the one person I'm talking to or the few people that I'm talking to within a firm, then it's a purchase, right? There's no, there's no, really, there's no consensus outside of that organization or that group that I'm speaking with. And there's no, uh, no thought to, or at least in that context, there's no thought as to how this actually will, will ladder up to our broader goals for the next five years, mm-hmm. right? Or the next 10 years even. Um, that's different when you're talking about solution selling, especially if you're talking about an enterprise. I mean, in reality, uh, there is one organizational objective or a set of organizational objectives that a company is driving toward, a company is communicating to Wall Street that they are driving toward and they, they've laid out the pillars to their ability to, to achieve those successes. Everything from a decision perspective that happens within that organization needs to somehow be able to ladder up to that and impact and affect that long term, right? Or longer term than just a spot solution. And so I think point solutions are for a place and a time, mm-hmm. but or point products are for a place and a time and a specific need. Whereas I think that uh, we're talking about transformation when we're talking about solution selling and those solutions need to ladder up to the problems mm. that the organization sees from the executive level as real problems. Love that. Now let's dig a little into the demo. Of course, we love demos here. At yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if you think about the distinctions between demoing to enterprise clients, mm-hmm. and we're talking, you know, big dollars, right? right. Perhaps solutions. Let's maybe go one layer deeper and, and talk about demoing a solution, right? Now, a yeah. solution is part, not esoteric, but part philosophical and strategic. Right. And then, of course, there's technology or product that backs in to support those uh, right. initiatives. How do you sort of determine the how to demo, right? Like, how do you actually demo that? And how do you create a demo plan around demoing to, you know, the, the entire organization, especially now on Zoom? You know, I was on a demo, I don't know, I'm going to say four months ago, I totally blew it. There were like 25 mm. people. I completely dis- did an atrocious job and I'm very aware of that. There were some reasons yeah. why uh, that happened. You know, nevertheless, it sucked. And one of the things was I wasn't prepared that there were 20 people and, yeah. you know, five out of those 20 people were high level executives, right? And yeah. I was doing a demo that only resonated to, you know, maybe 15 of those people in that room or in that Zoom, yeah. right? So yeah. how do you sort of manage that now selling to the enterprise in this new world and when you're really pitching a solution? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's good. I, I, first of all, I appreciate the self-awareness. I mean, I think yeah. that's, a, that's a strong character trait to begin with from, from you uh, and recognizing that. I appreciate um, that. I try to know, be. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, that's good. I was doing meditation this morning. At, <laughs> I do this thing where I scan my body. I visualize yeah. energy like going through. And um, and then with that, I can see my thoughts too. Which That's you know. awesome. Yeah, yeah. We, we could all be uh, helped by practices similar to that for sure. Um, I think when we think about solution selling to an enterprise, um, the, the situation that you laid out was, you know, unexpectedly you had stakeholders 
in the meeting that you just you didn't know were, were going to be there. Um, I think when we think about demoing solution, that is that is actually it. So by definition, when we talk about deli- uh, delivering a, a, a solution demo, that means the demo that we're delivering shows the solution to the problems that we've uncovered in discovery and along the way, like even beyond discovery. Uh, that means that the demo that we're about to show is a solution or shows solutions to problems that we've uncovered outside of discovery, whether that be through 10Ks or investor day presentations or podcasts or interviews with executives within the organization. Um, I think to your point and the situation that you found yourself in, um, you know, a part of the research that's being done ahead of these calls and ahead of these interactions with organizations is sort of that executive research as well. Like, you know, which executives have spoken on podcasts? Let me listen to it. Let me figure out like the way that they think, what they said, what they believe their problems are. Which executives were most vocal during the investor day uh, presentations? And what did they say? What were they pr- pr- you know, promoting to the street as their growth plans and, 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 and priorities? And then bring that information and that knowledge to the stakeholders that you actually have meetings with and that you're talking to. And I think by virtue of doing that and having those ducks in a row, like even if those executives showed up, uh, my hope is that I would have some insight into what it is that they're caring about and seeking to solve because of that early research that I did. Now, in the absence of that research, let's say you, you're not able to get that level of research done on the executive team um, and you find yourself uh, in a situation similar to what you what you described, um, what would you do? Like, I think, again, when you're working with, whether you have a champion or a coach or an advocate within the account, um, a part of that work is really trying to suss out the problems that they have, right, which are departmental, personal, in a lot of ways. How do those relate to the company's goals and problems that they have reaching those goals? And then understanding whether their perspective is shared and whether the push to get solutions in place comes from above them or whether that originates within their own group and it's something that's of a pet, some sort of pet project or something that they just wanna solve because they'd like to get better in this space um, so that you can understand holistically like what is the, what is the driving force to the pursuit of change within this organization and a lot of times you can get the information from the person that you're talking to. And if they don't know it, then they move you up or they give you the insight to go and track, you know, sort of track down that information. But without it, um, it's very difficult to have a holistic solution within an organization that has big problems um, that they're trying to solve. And so research is key, right? So you come to the table with a perspective on the company based on the information that you're able to find out yourself. And so that discovery is really discovery. Right. Yeah. So one of the one of my one of my key sayings is like, I don't know that you've done discovery. And this is this is my own self critique. I don't know that I've done discovery if what I believe I discovered was also available on the web. Mm. So I should be taking the things that's available on the web, developing a person, a perspective around it and an approach and a thought and some hypotheses and mm. bring those to the table, ask questions around that. And that's how I discover things that are unavailable on the web. With that information, then it helps to frame and give a foundation for what we would call a solution demo. Apart from that, it's just a product demo. Love it. Thank you so much. That was awesome. You know, if you think about how different size organizations, like being at Intuit, you had Mm -hmm. a a demo environment, right? And and a company the size of Intuit probably has a bunch of resources and, you know, maybe have... uh, 
perhaps a demo engineering organization. I'm not sure, but what would you say is one of the key distinctions between, you know, large company like Intuit and then a perhaps like a smaller organization? I know you work with a lot of startups, so you you've definitely seen sort yeah, of yeah. distinctions there. You know, it's particularly around their demo environment. Yeah, yeah, I think division of labor is huge, right? So one of the, one of the things that um, the the market that I sold to for a large part of my career and into it uh, was such that I I pretty much flat footed the whole process, right? So the finding who it is that I want to speak to, reaching out to that person that I want to speak to, getting them to take a meeting with me, uh, doing some discovery on the meeting, finally opening up the product and demoing them myself. Right. Mm-hmm. That was the process because it was more or less early in my career, SMB, mid-market uh, at the max. And then it started to grow from there. As I move into a company like Seismic, where we're actually solving big problems uh, as a part of transformation within organizations, transforming how organizations go to market, there's a, there's a level of expertise that's required on a solution demo that I'm, I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be the one, right? Mm-hmm. So we have an we have an organization of sales engineers and solution consultants and and those who can have the conversation around a solution because a solution to a problem that's at an organizational level in a global company, a global company, is also a solution that must play well with other solutions that are already in place or anticipated to be brought into place. So the discussion around a solution is not singular. It's not just does this solution, does this product solve my problems? Is does this product solve my problems in the context of my current tech stack and in the context of our future tech stack. Mm. In other words, is your solution extensible? How is it so? Let's talk about architecture and so forth. So the the, the demo, Mm. when we get to solutioning, is much more complex than it was when I was dealing in small companies and even in a startup world. Many times you're doing full cycle sales, including the demo, uh, and in this place, you, you really want specialization because of the level of conversation and the level of transformation you're trying to help companies achieve. Awesome. De Juan, thank you so much. This was awesome. Was so much fun. If folks want to follow you on social media, you know, maybe learn more about Seismic and your different solutions and products. Yeah. Uh, what are some good channels or, uh, or URLs to, uh, to reach you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm definitely on LinkedIn. Uh, it's linkedin.com slash IN slash Dewan Brown. Um, please, yeah, I'm happy to help and serve in any way there. Um, obviously, you can go out to seismic.com to see more about our solutions, our products, and how we serve and help uh, organizations in some of this transformation that we're talking about, especially guided selling, especially virtual selling, and providing amazing experience for your buyer across their journey. Awesome. Well, I hope to meet you in person. I know we're both fans of uh, of some sports legends coming out of Virginia. So, That's right. <laughs> you know, maybe we can sit down and and yeah. uh, catch up one day in person. But That'd be uh, amazing. But it, it, it's wonderful to meet you. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Enjoy your uh, PTO, and uh, yeah, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, enjoy your weekend as well. Thank you. All right.